in finem dilexit eos. He loved them to the utmost, unto the end. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today's feast of the Eucharistic heart of Jesus is not yet 100 years old. It is an altogether modern feast. It will be 100 years old next year because the feast was instituted by Pope Benedict XV on November 9, 1921. It seems to me that among the motives that compelled Pope Benedict XV to institute the feast was the terrible desolation of the world in the aftermath of the Great War. And this feast was in some way given to the church as a way of applying a healing balm on a very wounded and broken world. The modern compilation of texts that characterizes this Mass, I say modern in a, in, in a very restrained and, and defined way. It is modern in this sense that whereas the traditional Mass formularies draw principally from the Psalter, today's Mass surprises us with an intro it's taken from the 13th chapter of St. John. But as modern is not the text itself, of course, it's the fourth gospel. It is the use of the text in the intro of the Mass. And I find this an example of what I said the other day in presenting to you St. John as the mystagogue of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. It is St. John who introduces us to all the mysteries of the Heart of Jesus and principally into the Most Holy Eucharist, which is the utmost expression in finem dilexit eos of the love of the heart of Jesus for us. Saint John in some way stands at the threshold of today's Mass. It is St. John who sings the intro. He sings it with us, but the words are his. Jesus knowing that his hour was come. Oh, 
St. John long considered the mystery of the hour. He speaks of it already in his account of the sign given at the wedding feast of Cana, where Jesus says to his mother, woman, my hour has not yet come. And he speaks of it again in the fourth chapter of his gospel. Jesus reveals the mystery of the hour of adoration in spirit and in truth to the Samaritan woman at the well. And this motif of the hour recurs throughout the Gospel of St. John until arriving at the 13th chapter, St. John says, now the hour is come. She ends Jesus quia venit ora eus. Jesus, knowing that his hour was come, that he should pass out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, then we come to this mysterious phrase that has infinite Resonances. He loved them unto the end, in finem dilexit eos, which means he loved them as far as his heart would take him in love. He loved him, he loved them to the point of, <clears throat> we have to be very careful in using language here. It is almost as if, and I'm measuring my words, it is almost as if the infinite resources of the heart of Jesus are in some way, note, note how I'm saying this, almost as if and in some way, it is as if the infinite resources of the heart of Jesus exhaust themselves in the gift of the Most Holy Eucharist. Do you get what I'm saying? Our Lord goes as far as his heart will take him in the institution of the Most Holy Sacrament of the altar. In the Most Holy Sacrament of the altar, our Lord gives us his own heart. His priestly heart, his filial heart, his heart offered in sacrifice to the Father. We say, at least on most mornings at Lord's, in the Miserere, a humbled and broken heart thou wilt not spurn. And then, of course, the end of Psalm 50 points to the fulfillment of the temple sacrifices in the sacrifice of Calvary. In the sacrifice of the cross, our Lord presents to his Father his humbled humiliavit. He humbled himself, becoming obedient unto death, even unto death on a cross. Our Lord presents to his Father his humble and broken heart. And this offering 
of the humble and broken heart of Jesus is renewed in an unbloody manner at the altar in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Not only is the heart of Jesus offered to the Father in the sacrifice of the Mass, but in instituting the Most Holy Eucharist, he gives us the means by which our hearts become one with his heart in the offering of his sacrifice. And this is why, of course, there is the great cry from the altar before the canon of the Mass, Sosum Corda. It's as if we are being invited to lift up our hearts to the wound in Jesus' side and unite our hearts to his heart in the mystery of his sacrifice. So sacrifice and communion. And after communion, there is presence. The presence of his the collect says, ut amantissimum cortum diligere, that we may be able to cherish thy most loving heart. The Most Holy Eucharist is, and St. John is, above all, authorized to speak to us of the friendship of the heart of Jesus. In fact, one can almost trace, beginning with origin, but uh, going through uh, St. Bernard, St. Gertrude, and then uh, into the 17th century and beyond, there is a Johannine current of life in the church characterized by intimacy with the Sacred Heart of Jesus, or if you will, by the friendship of the Heart of Jesus. And the Sacred Heart was compelled to institute the Most Holy Eucharist by reason of his friendship for us. We find the heart of Jesus offered in sacrifice, given us in Holy Communion, and abiding in the most holy sacrament of the altar <coughs> as a constant, perpetual invitation to divine friendship. Come to me. And to the soul who responds to his invitation, our Lord gives a certain experience of sweetness. Be careful. I don't mean sensible consolations, the kind of thing that happens when we get, even in a pious way, emotionally overheated. That's not what I'm talking about. But there is an interior sweetness, and the angelic doctor talks about it. If you look at St. Thomas, he says that one of the effects of the Most Holy Eucharist is an experience, a tasting of sweetness. 
And this is borne out in the offertory antiphon. Oh, how great is the multitude of thy sweetness, O Lord. Uh, and and this, uh, this is exactly uh, in the offertory chant um, presented to us in a lyrical way what St. Thomas teaches in his treatment of the most holy sacrament of the altar. Oh, how great is the multitude of thy sweetness, O Lord, which thou hast hidden. Hidden where? Hidden in the most holy sacrament of the altar for them that fear thee. Our Lord knew experientially in his sacred humanity which tasted every bitterness that can possibly be tasted by man. Our Lord knew in his sacred humanity that a man cannot live without a certain sweetness in his life. And for that reason, even as he invites us to taste of the bitterness of his chalice in one way or another, he gives us that certain sweetness that makes it possible to go forward. And that sweetness is stored up for us, reserved for us, hidden for us in the most holy sacrament of the altar. The communion antiphon of this Mass is not taken from St. John's Gospel. It might well have been taken from uh, either from the uh, 13th chapter of St. John, given in the intro it, or from uh, St. Luke, St. Luke's account of, uh, of the institution of the Most Holy Eucharist. But it is taken instead from the end of St. Matthew's Gospel, Behold, I am with you all days, even to the consummation of the world. It's a curious thing. There, there are two communion antiphons given for this Mass. Um, in some editions of the gradual, there's another communion antiphon given. But uh, there seems to have been some, maybe two variants that appeared in print at different times of the same Mass. But at least what's given here in the Missal, I don't know if it's what's given in the gradual, uh, is taken from the end of St. Matthew's Gospel. Behold, I am with you all days, even to the consummation of the world. This means that in the Most Holy Sacrament of the Altar, the heart of Jesus is present, waiting for us, waiting for you and for me, and open to receive us. The wound in the heart of Jesus is not closed. The wound in his heart remains open and that wounded heart 
is present in the same way as his gloriously radiant face is present, concealed by the sacred species, but present and open and waiting for each of us. Our vocation, and I say our vocation not only as Benedictines, but as Benedictines of perpetual adoration, the most holy sacrament of the altar, and as Benedictines of this monastery, our vocation is to respond to love with love. And to bring our hearts to the open heart of Jesus. To day after day make the offering of our hearts to his heart and discover, oh miracle of love, that he offers his heart to each of us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost.